Welcome to the Kingdom Culture Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this spirit-filled message that it blesses your week and brings you joy and perspective. To connect with us, hop on social media and for more information, head to kingdomculturechurch.com.au. So we are doing, um, oh my carbs. I've got the earthly bread on top of my daily bread. Um, it's a funny joke about the Bible being underneath some bread. Um, so we're doing uh, Jesus Walks uh, is the series we're in. I'm doing part six. Uh, Pastor Rob did part five this morning. It was just phenomenal. Uh, spoke about some of the challenges of Jesus. Spoke about some of the teachings of Jesus that were, that were, that were a bit hard. And, and spoke about how Jesus, it wasn't disrespectful, but he didn't really care about the religious code. Like the Pharisees were like, don't do things on the Sabbath. And Jesus is like, I do what I want. I will heal people. I will pick wheat in fields. I will, and, uh, and, you know, they got really mad. And basically Jesus was kind of saying, hey, you religious idiots, what are you, what are you doing? This man can't live his life, but you would prefer to live by a set of rules that restrain and hurt people than you would to see me move. And I just thought, you know, that's kind of has been like the church in some instances. We would prefer to stick to, not really this church, but we would prefer to stick to the rules sometimes than we would to see people get set free. And that's why people of certain sexual orientation, that's why people that have passed don't want a, a bar of church because they don't think, could, how good would it be if you're like, madam or sir, do you want to come to church? And they're like, I've heard good things. I want to be in the house of the Lord. You know? What did you do yesterday? I was clubbing and I took many illicit pills, but I want to be in the house of the Lord. People don't do that. People are like, no, I don't want to come. You're all crazy and you'll judge me. And so I think that Jesus, when he came, like Pastor Rob was speaking about, he came to abolish that message and say, hey, I actually came that people would be set free. And maybe it's going to offend you the way I do it, but I care more about the human condition than I do about your set of rules. And so that's what we're talking about this morning. And um, I'm going to bounce on from that. I'm going to just put my bread down here. Good. It smells good. I am going to hand some out later on. It's it's very exciting. So um, we are doing um, chronological preaching. So if you turn with me to Matthew 14... And for sake of time, I'm not going to be able to read all of it, um, but we're going to uh, read this story together. It's a full-on story. So let's, let's read it together from the start. Matthew 14, the death of John the Baptist. At that time, Herod the Tetrarch heard about the fame of Jesus. Herod was the king. And he said to his servants, this is John the Baptist. He has been raised from the dead. That is why these... Miraculous powers are at work in him. For Herod had seized John and bound him and put him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother, Philip's wife, because John had been saying to him, it is not lawful for you to have her. And though he wanted to put him to death, he feared the people because they held him to be a prophet. But when Herod's birthday came, the daughter of Herodias danced before the company and pleased Herod. So that he promised with an oath to give her whatever she might ask. Prompted by her mother, she said, give me the head of John the Baptist on a platter. Pause, story. What? So this is messed up. Like his brother's wife, who he is hanging out with, dances and it greatly pleases him. We won't go into that. And he's like, you can have whatever you want. What would you like? You know, and you're expecting an elephant. You know, they're like, they're near Persia. You know, like jewelry. No. I would like a man's severed head on a plate that is silver. It's very intense. We can, if we can keep going on the story, that'd be awesome on this gratuitous story. Herod said, he promised with a nose to give her whatever she might ask. Prompted by her mother, she said, give me the head of the And the king was sorry, but 
Because of his oath and his guests, he commanded it to be given. He sent and had John beheaded in the prison and his head was brought on a platter given to the girl and she brought it to her mother. And his disciples came and took the body and buried it and they went and told Jesus. Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there on a boat to a desolate place by himself. Which brings us to my first point. Faith doesn't promise easy passage now. It ensures eternal security later. You see, John did everything Jesus asked. He went out on the commission. He baptized people. He wore fur loincloths, which is weird and itchy, but he did it. He ate honey and locusts. It was like the olden day, like vegan. He was like, I will eat crickets and honey. It's funny, it went in my head. And, and he did all the right stuff and he ends up in jail. And a couple, a little bit ago, you know, he sends messages to Jesus saying, are you the guy? Because I did the stuff you asked me to and I'm in jail. You know, and it would have been kind of cool if the next chapter wasn't called John the Baptist gets murdered, but it was John the Baptist was set free, free by faith. But no, he, he dies. This is a heavy starting point. But we're going chronologically, so I couldn't do anything. And, and so my first point is just that faith doesn't mean everything's going to be easy in this life. It just means that we know where we're going when this life's done. And that's, that's exciting. I don't want my head to be served on a, on a silver platter to a weird sort of odd family, strange family. Like, it's very odd. It's very strange. But, but John the Baptist is in heaven right now. He doesn't care. And so we can take heart. And we, we, might, we don't have to deal with this much in Australia, do we? Which is, I think, one of the enemy's plans. We don't actually deal with it much. You know, it's like, how was your week? Well, I was in, terrified of being served on a platter. No, not really. We have a lot of other things like lethargy, apathy, anxiety, depression, addiction, pornography. We have different things. But, but faith now, obedience to God now, doesn't mean that everything's going to be awesome. Amen. It means that we're going to heaven. That is good news. Friend, can I tell you tonight, if you don't know where you're going, don't say yes to Jesus because of what he'll give you. Don't say yes to Jesus because everything's going to be great. Don't say yes to Jesus because you've got a BMW. I pray you get all that stuff and more. I pray you get a hot spouse. Pray you have lots of children and a fruitful life. <laughs> but follow Jesus because it secures your eternity. That's why we follow him. We were lost, now we were found. And we're found eternally when we say yes to Jesus. So the first point is that faith doesn't mean everything's easy, but it assures us and gives us security for what comes later. I'm gonna go straight into my second point. Jesus goes and he hears this news. This is his cousin. This isn't some random guy that just baptized. This is his family who he knew was in prison. Jesus was a young man. He didn't think Jesus had thoughts of, I could just get the zealots and I know it's not what you're asking me to do, God, but I can just get them. We'll bust him out. We'll prison break it. It'll be good. He would have known that John was probably gonna die. And he got messages from a distressed family member saying, are you the one? Why am I in prison? And he actually separates himself and he tries to get away from everyone. Because why? He's in mourning. He's upset. And then straight after this, we know this, most of us know the story of the feeding of the 5,000, which brings you to my second point. You didn't choose this calling. This calling chose you. I'll explain what I mean by that is Jesus was not like, today I'm going to the countryside and I've got a message prepared and I feel faith in my spirit. I'm Jehovah Jireh provider and I'm gonna see the miraculous move and happen. No, no, he was getting away from people because he was on annual leave because a family member had died. And that was the moment 
that this one of the most famous miracles in the Word of God happens. You think there wasn't a moment when the people started to gather from all over the countryside where he was like, God, your dad, like, my kin has just been murdered without cause, and I'm trying to get away from people. But the father said, no, now's the time. Now's the time. You see, in Christianity, we, we, we want, you know, and we say this a bit, but we, we love Jesus the Savior. We love that. We love Daddy God. But sometimes we want a Savior, but we don't want a Lord. So we want to be saved from our stuff, but we don't want to do things in season with Him. You see, there was a conversation. Remember in the garden, this is later on in Matthew, but there's a conversation when Jesus says, I don't want to do this, but not what I want, what you want. Yeah, I know, it's, it's, this sort of preaching never gets amens, but it's fundamental to Christianity is, hey, not my will, but your will be done. Hey, my family members just passed away. Hey, there's no money in the bank. Hey, my, my, my close friend is backslidden. Hey, there's a diagnosis of cancer. Hey, my church isn't using my gifts and my talents and isn't releasing me. Hey, there's always something going on, but God doesn't look at that. He says, yeah, but will you listen to me? We have ADD. We look at everyone. The amount of young people I mentor and speak into their lives, and I'm like, hey, this. And they're like, yeah, but this person does this, and this comparison will kill you. What is God saying to you? What is He saying about you? Some of us never get on the hustle. We never work well. We're never good stewards of our money, time. We're not good employees wherever we work because we're looking at everyone else. They're getting fast-tracked. I'm missing out. Hey, Let's put our heads down. I'm talking to myself. Let's put our heads down. Let's work hard. Let's be diligent. Let's get on that hustle. And then when it's time, it's time. And if God says to you after you've had the worst day, which you probably will, pray for that person as you do the groceries on the way home from work. Let's do it. Not because we feel like it, but because He's going to move. He's going to do something. He's going to show up. If we only do stuff when we feel like it, nothing's going to get done. Pastor Rob spoke about it this morning. There needs to be an urgency within us. I think Jesus might have, we don't know, but Jesus might have been on that preaching to those 5,000 people. It was actually 5,000 men because they didn't count the women because it was a sexist society, which is unfortunate. So it was probably actually closer to 9,000 people. But, but when he was preaching, he might, have been, he might have had tears in his eyes. He might have still been wondering, why did my cousin not get out of there? But he realized that this wasn't about him. It was about the Father's will for his life. And he said, God, I align myself with your timings. I align myself with what you say. Let's read the story together. Now, when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. When the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. This guy had, this guy had pull. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and had compassion for them and healed their sick. It was that evening the disciples came to him and said, this is a desolate place and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, oh man, come on. But Jesus said, they need not go away. You, someone say you. Someone say you. You give them something to eat. They said to him, we only have five loaves and two fish. And he said, bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish. He looked up to heaven and said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. Watch this. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they all ate and were satisfied. They took up 12 baskets full of the broken pieces left over. And those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children because the authors didn't count them because they were terrible people. No, it was, ser- it was a super misogynistic society. It's really sad. So what I love about this story is, is the joking? I don't know what to do. I don't either. I, I'm not entirely sure either. What's so cool about this story is the way Jesus talks to the disciples. This is a super valid issue 
Like if all of you were coming to me hungry and there's not 5,000 of you, I inflate numbers occasionally, but I would, this, that would be too much. There's probably, <laughs> you can't inflate before the, you know, until the point of realism. It just doesn't, doesn't work. But there's probably a hundred and something of you. If you guys came to me going, we're hungry. If my wife came to me and is like, I'm hungry. I'm like, I'm out. Like I don't, I have no solutions for you, darling. I'm just kidding. I'm a cook. I have a solution. But five thousands of people are like, we're hungry. And the disciples are like, Jesus, this is an issue. We've got 5,000 hangry men. And who knows how many hangry women. We're in, we're in a dire predicament. Jesus says this. He says, you give them something to eat. Man, he looked at his, at his boys, at his disciples and said, you, you be the solution. I believe Jesus is looking at his church saying, hey, you be the solution. You give them something to eat. Stop coming to me praying for revival, praying for, I did my thing on the cross. I gave you all the victory. All authority in heaven and earth is given to you. You give them something to eat. Point three is this. In the name of Jesus. Point number three. You're looking for a move of God. God's looking for a move of his church. You're like, God, we thank you for, you know, and I love it, you know, because he's so gracious and kind. And I pray for revival sometimes. Like, I'm not being all legalistic, but I just think it's funny, like, you know, like, we're like, God, would you send your spirit? You know, and he's up there and Jesus in a bit of a sassy mood. He's like, Dad, yes, son. We already sent the spirit, hey. Yeah. How long ago? It was a while. Aw. God, would you just, would you just open the heavens? Dad, yes, son. Did we, has someone shut them? No. Okay. It just sounds epic to pray, son. Okay, Dad. God, would you send your spirit without measure? Dad, yes, son. Did we like portion out the Holy Spirit or did we give it without measure? No, we gave it without measure. It just, it's very Pentecostal to cry out and, you know, like, okay, their heart's in the right place, son. They want a move of God. But Dad, they're praying for a move of God, but when Holy Spirit prompts them, they're not doing anything. I know, son, it's strange. That Fred guy does it a lot, Dad. No, he doesn't, son. I love him. <laughs> he is highly favoured among men. <laughs> Come on, we're, 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 looking for a, we're looking for God to do something. He's saying, hey, church, let's go. Come on, we're looking for like a supernatural, you know, you know, scully on the keyboard, lights coming down. Jesus was just like walking places. Just favour followed him. Opportunity followed him. Sometimes I don't think Jesus wanted it, but just wherever he went, it was like there was an opportunity to affect thousands of people. Well, you know, it's fine. Pray for revival, but just be one. Pray for a move of God, but you can just be one. It's great to stir your faith up and say that kind of thing, but sometimes our vernacular gets us in trouble because then we all just sit around waiting for God to move when He already moved in power and He, he tore the veil and He said the Holy Spirit is your inheritance and He's just waiting for us to do something. And so we got it, man, we got it. And this, this sort of preaching kind of gets people excited, but it's kind of like, yeah, but I'm super busy. And it's, let's be real, it's easier to pray for revival than it is to be a revival. You can pray for revival in your bedroom, in your car. I just had the greatest prayer time in the car today. I'm not knocking prayer time in the car. I do it all the time. I had the greatest prayer time just praying for revival. But what's way more inconvenient is when you're living life and the Holy Spirit's like, that person, go. Lord, I've got tickets to Infinity Wars. It's like, it's really need to get there. You know, I'm, I've gone 10 pin bowling. I'm, go, I'm on my way to school. I've got to get the groceries. I've got to, man, we've got to be open to the touches of heaven. 
we're his plan. No one else is coming. (laughs) We're it. When someone else comes, it's the end of the game. (laughs) We're it. Look around the room. The hope of humanity sits next to you. It's terrifying and exciting. You're a bit serious tonight, aren't you? I'm not in a serious mood tonight, so praise God. Praise God. Now, check this out. So I need to keep moving swiftly. So the feeding of the 5,000, it's such a cool story. It says that he gave it to the disciples. Point number four is the bread is meant to multiply in your hand. The bread is meant to multiply in your hand. You see, we've got, you know, it says, give us today our daily bread. Well, this is our bread. I mean, you might also have bread, tiger loaf, Vienna, sourdough. It's all fantastic. There's nothing like homemade bread is from the courts of heaven, man. I'm telling you, that smell, tiraba. Anyway, so you've got daily bread in your hand. So in the disciples' hand, the disciples actually fed the 5,000. So what do you think happened? He gave them some bread and they would have started off down the hill. It doesn't say that they ran back to Jesus. There was a supernatural miracle occurring in their hand, a miracle of carbs. Very exciting. They were handing it out, they're handing it out. But we, you know, that might happen to you, praise God. But we have daily bread every day. And we've got some Christians, as, you know, they're just in the Word of God. I love Nehemiah. I love Leviticus, you know, just getting into the Word of God. Just reading. Thou shalt not sleep with this family member, this family member, this family member, this family member. What was going on that they had to write these? Anyway, so all this stuff is happening, you know, but and we're eating and we're eating and we're eating, but it never multiplies in our hand. It just stays in our head. You see, this is meant to, we're meant to read this, we're meant to eat of this every day, and it's meant to multiply in our hand, and we give it out to people. We give it out to people. We give it out to people. Reading about Pentecost and the moving of the Holy Spirit and multiplies in our hand and in our heart and we give it to people. We're reading about generosity. We're reading about the person of Jesus. Multiplies in our hand and we give it out to people. You see, he's so excited. Jesus isn't just like, yeah, I'm gonna do cool stuff. Follow me and I'll do cool stuff. He's like, hey, greater things than me will you do. Yeah, amen. But do you actually believe that? Like Jesus walked on water. I, I, I was talking to someone the other day and they said, hey, I believe in signs and wonders. I was like, great, me too. They're like, but I don't know if Jesus meant greater things than me. We, like the guy walked on water. He raised dead people that had been dead for like three days. What do you think? And I was like, I, I think he meant it. And this guy's pretty smart, like pretty thick. I was like, he's like, oh, I don't know, man. I'm like, well, it said it though. <laughs> it was in the Bible. <laughs> and not just in the message, like the ESV. <laughs> Like the NIV, like the Strong's Concordance, you look up the way, you say, greater things than me will you do? I believe it. I believe it. I believe that greater things than Jesus can we do through faith with the power and the unction of the Holy Ghost. I mean, great is subjective, you know, I think a headache's amazing. You know, I still, you know, pray for a kid. I'm like, is your headache gone? They're like, yeah. I'm like, is it really? <laughs> Double check. Like, <laughs> we don't want a false report. Like, <laughs> but... But I think it's exciting that we get to partner with heaven and see God move. And it's awesome. The bread's meant to multiply in our hand. Keep him moving through because of time. Jesus walks on water. And uh, I've preached about that. And some of the staff have preached about it a few times. So I'm going to sort of skip over that. But if you don't know that story, uh, Jesus um, walks on the water of a raging ocean. And... um, this isn't hypothetical. He actually does that. And then his disciples freak out, and, um, which is fair. You know, people are oh, the silly of them. No. No, if I was at Wet and Wild and Dad just started running across the wave pool, I'd be like, ah! <laughs> what are you doing? Stop that. Stop it. <laughs> like, 
so, uh, and then Jesus heals thousands in a town called Garneset. He, he goes in there and he just wreaks Holy Spirit havoc. I don't, okay, I don't understand how people don't think signs and wonders are for today and healing isn't for today. If Christian means little Christ and we're meant to be like Jesus, even if I had zero faith, the amount of stories in the Synoptic Gospels about Jesus setting people free and healing them is, you know, I just think anything other than that is us just placating uh, fear. So um, move forward with me to the faith of the Canaanite woman. Team, if you could come and join me, that would be fantastic. Are you guys going all right? I feel like it's a bit, it's a bit of a strange service tonight. Things have gone on. There's carbohydrates everywhere. But I feel like God's doing something pretty special. How are you, Johnny Lowe? You're a good, you're a good man. I like you. We're going to find you a wife, and she's going to be the most loved person on the planet. No, I'm serious. Johnny is a man of kindness and chivalry, and it should be celebrated. The faith of the Canaanite woman. Let's read this story, and I want to see what people take from it, because it is, it is a confronting story. Are you ready? I'm going to read it. And Jesus went away from there and withdrew, withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from the region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. Doesn't sound like Jesus. What's he doing? He's being rude. But he did not answer a word. His disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away. For she is crying out for after us. I had a look into the story. Do you know why they're asking him to send her away? Because they're embarrassed. Get this non-Israelite woman away from us. Get this woman with potentially a dubious past away from us. She keeps calling out. She keeps asking for us. She keeps calling your name out. This is embarrassing. Send her away. He answered, I was only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him saying, Lord, help me. Are you ready for Jesus' response here? <laughs> he answered, it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Jesus, it's rude. You can slice the pie any way you want theologically. He just called her a dog. I'll explain why in a moment. She said, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And I can see a smile coming across the face of Jesus. Then Jesus answered, oh, woman, great is your faith. Be it done to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. My fifth and last point tonight, I feel God's going to move powerfully in this place, is faith it till you make it. A little bit corny, but I was, I was pressed for time. <laughs> I'll do better next time. I will be better. I'm sorry. Faith it till you make it. You see, <laughs> I just, I'm telling you, a smile came across his face. Oh, woman, great is your faith. I tried to turn you away. It's not my time for the Gentiles yet. But you, you're persistent, aren't you? Be it to you as you desire. Healing come. I reckon she got saved. I reckon she got set free. You see, she knew where her help could come from. Psalm 121, the psalmist writes, I lift my eyes up to the mountain. Where does my help come from? 
You see, she had a, a deposit of faith within her spirit, man. She had faith. In the, this, there was, the odds were stacked up against this woman. She had public opinion against her. She had the disciples against her. She had the first response of the Messiah against her. She had the timings and seasons of heaven against her. It wasn't Jesus' time to do this yet. But faith, faith, faith unlocked something. Faith made Jesus go, you know what, Dad, we're just, just, I just, I can't help it. This woman believes. She has faith. She has faith. Faith moved the seasons of heaven for one woman because she knew where her help came from. There's a deposit tonight of faith. You know, I am very honest with you guys always about my life and my shortcomings and patience and my marriage and stuff I need to improve on. I'm good at faith. I got faith that God is who He says He is. I got faith that He's the healer. Have I always, always seen it happen to me according by my faith? Not exactly, but I got faith. I got faith. Someone called me and said, I need you to come pray for this dead body. I'd be terrified. I'd probably ask Josh to come with me, but I'd go in faith, trembling faith, but I'd go. I got faith. I got faith for the more of God. I got faith for healing. I'm not bigging up in myself. You guys know that I tell you about all the stuff I'm bad at, but this one, I got faith. Do you have faith? I say this a lot, but you know, I think we hide behind personality types sometimes. Oh, Fred, you're a sanguine, you're super optimistic. I'm a realist. Maybe, or maybe you don't have faith. And maybe sometimes I'm being unrealistic and, and that's not faith, it's just being unrealistic and a sanguine. And I understand that. I'm not having a go at anyone that's a realist and looks at the details, it's important. But I want you to check your spirit, no matter your personality type tonight. Do you have faith? Do you have faith for God to move? If we could just dim the lights, that'd be awesome. We need faith. <laughs> I'm so sorry, I, I didn't realise you weren't at your station. I apologise profusely. We need faith. Joel needs faith. Fill him with faith, God. Hey man, we, we need faith. You could probably keep the lights on me up a little bit. We, we, we need faith. Lord above. The devil's trying to stop me tonight, but it's not going to work. We need faith. Faith gets us to do stuff that makes no sense. Faith calls down the touch of heaven. There's some people in this place and specifically, you don't have faith when it comes to your mortal bodies. You got faith for finance. You got more faith than me. You got faith for this, that and the other. But when it comes to the diagnosis of the doctor, that's what you pen your report on. That's what you put your agreeance with. You need to lift your faith tonight. And understand that God is the healer. There's some people here and you think that, you're, that you've done too much, you've gone too far to walk in the call of God. You need to lift your faith tonight. You need to lift your faith. This is the big thing I felt coming out of me from these scriptures is faith. The faith of the disciples, the faith of this Canaanite, this beautiful Canaanite woman who just said, hey, I got faith. People are yelling at me. I'm being called a dog. No one probably approved of me chasing after this Messiah. But I know where my help comes from and I got faith. 
Yeah, but uh, the dogs at the table. You think there wasn't a part of her that was like, I want to leave. You think she wasn't getting a bit sweaty? You think she wasn't feeling awkward as all the disciples were there like, she's like, I don't care. My daughter's oppressed the devil and I need a touch of heaven. So I got faith. Faith makes us do stuff that we wouldn't usually do, man. We need, man, we need faith. I'm, I'm coming down. <laughs> that hamstring is gammy. <clears throat> I think I'm getting older, Dad. I never used to get injured. And now I play soccer and I get home, ask Anna, I'm like, oh, babe, run a hot bath. It's terrible. I know. It's, I'm serious. I'm getting old. I need Josh Walker to massage my hamstrings because he's a physio, therapist. That's the only... That's, <laughs> Jesus. Moving in power tonight. Faith makes us do crazy stuff. And, and I want to be part of a church that steps out in faith. And not just, we all just tend to hop in our lane. Do you know what I mean? We just sit in our lane and we do what's comfortable. Like praying for healings and praying for a touch of God, that doesn't require a whole lot of faith on my behalf. Believing for finance, I'm terrible at that. I'm really bad. I need to stretch my faith. I need to believe that God is who He says He is. Faith makes us do crazy stuff. Faith makes us go to, um, go to Canberra to intern at the UN. It does. Rach, come up here for a moment. I'm just going to pray for you. Craig, could you come and be strong and effervescent and just so strong? Thank you, Lord. Just stretch your hands out to Rach right now. Father, I thank you for faith. For faith. Don't go yet. I haven't given you my word. (laughs) Father, I thank you for faith that it produces grace, Father, for what you have down there for our Lord. Increase her faith, God. Increase her faith, God. Thank you, Jesus. Increase her faith. You would give her such a grace in the name of Jesus. There you can go now. It's right. Amen. Pastor Craig, I want to pray for you. For those of you that don't know, Pastor Craig Watts is an absolute general in the faith. An absolute, just come forward a bit. We just don't know what's going to happen. We're unsure. But just lift your hands to heaven, brother. This, this man was my first youth pastor. He's full of the power of God. Other youths were like, let's watch VeggieTales. Craig was like, let me talk to you about spiritual warfare. You have authority in heaven. Father, I thank you for this man. Whoa. This is not what I had written down, but I feel God saying, write that book. Write that book. Tarabasa, write that book, bro. Write that book. Write that book. I don't know what it's about, but write it. Write that book. Write that book. I bet I can guess. Write that book. Hey, someone just, just lay hands on Della real quick. Just really quickly. Della would never boast about this stuff. Uh, Matt, can you just run over there? Della would never boast about this stuff, but Della sacrifices a lot of his time and money to support his home nation of the Philippines. And uh, man, I just felt, I just looked at you in your awesome cap and I just felt a bit emotional. I just felt the father's response to what you're doing for those families over there. And Della's quite a no-nonsense guy. He gets in there, he works hard, he doesn't want any faff. But just tonight, I just feel that the Father's just affirming what you're doing in that nation. He's saying, thank you, son. 
thank you for looking after them. And I felt that verse over you and Melody saying, for what you did for the least of them, you did for me. You're not just building houses for people, you're housing me. You're not just helping people financially, you're helping me. So Father, continue to build his faith for more. Father, we thank you for more businessmen. We thank you for more people going into his world, and blowing him away with the kindness of God. Write that book, bro. Thank you, Lord. It's awesome. I texted my, um, I'll finish up soon. We gotta finish. I texted my um, sister-in-law before a bunch of selfies of me. And um, she replied saying, Alal Akbar. And I was like, what? That's like a, a Muslim thing. And she's like, Anna, your husband looks like a Muslim. Just really quickly, who here thinks I look like a normal Australian? Who here thinks I don't? And who here thinks I look like a full-on radical Islamist? One, two. Susanna! All right. I will shave in the morning. Babe, far out. My goodness. That's terrible. I look great. Thanks, mate. I appreciate that. I do need to shave. I've been growing this beard for 26 years and it sucks. Thank you, Lord. How are you, Remick? I love doing this because people are like, don't touch me, bro. Lord, I just thank you for this woman. Thank you, Father, for her business. I thank you, Father, for her family. I thank you, Lord, right now. Just your rest and your peace. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your goodness that even as she's doing 101 million things, there'd be like this flashing sign in her subconscious of your goodness, your goodness, your goodness. Thank you for the way she's raised her kids. Thank you for the way she lives her life. Thank you for how she reflects you. Thank you, Father. Right now, any attack of the enemy, any stress, any anxiety, any doubts, Father, they'd go in the name of Jesus. Thank you that she's already a woman of immense faith. But we can always have more in you. We can always have more in you. We can always have more in you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I'll, um, I'll stop doing this soon and we'll sing and we'll finish. And, but I'm just, I'm having a good time. I don't think I'm on the preaching roster for like another two months. So it's gonna get out of my system. No, I'm not really. Candace Riley Cox, come to me with your trench coat. With your trench coat. Hey, Noosa Mum, is, is that the thing? It's like, are you good, Craig? Yeah. No, I don't know. I'm just saying good day. That's awesome. Just lift your hands to heaven. Thank you, God. You see the picture of Jesus in the Passion of the Christ. It's actually not a, not a scripture, but his mum sort of walks up to him when he's doing that seven-mile walk up to the cross. And she, you know, she, she runs through the soldier's line and she gets to him. And it's not in the Bible, but I think it just encapsulates the heart of Jesus. And she's like, my son, you know, why is this happening? And he looks at her with these piercing blue eyes. And he says, behold, woman, I make all things new. And I thank you, Father God, that you make all things new. I thank you that the best is yet to come. I thank you that your spirit moves in and through Candace with purity and with power. I thank you that you bring vision. I thank you that you bring new seasons. I thank you that you vivaciously pay back everything that the enemy tries to steal from us. You love to lavish recompense and blessing on your children. 
Um, and if you just come and stand with her and just give her a hug, that'd be amazing. And just prophesy over her. Thank you, Father. No, 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 no. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Chelsea Riddle, I don't feel to get you out of your seat, my dear, but I just felt uh, the creative winds of heaven. I don't even know what that is. I'm not that creative, but just looked over you and I just sort of felt like the creativity of heaven just swirling over you. And, and it, was, it was like, it was beautiful, but not like in the way we use it. Like I just saw it in the spirit and it was like captivating beauty. And I just feel like, obviously everyone knows about your dressmaking, but I just feel like there's so much in the creative realms of heaven for you. You're gonna have ideas come to you that you're like, that wasn't me. And it's gonna be such a blessing. I also see it bringing you and Brad uh, and the kingdom an amazing financial influx. So Father, I thank you for the creative at work in Chelsea. I thank you, I thank you, I thank you. I thank you that she would get her strategy and her storyboards from the throne room of heaven. Father, she would, she would get ideas that haven't been thought of before. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Creative winds of heaven. Thank you, God. Okay, I gotta keep moving. I gotta keep moving. Faith. Faith, faith. Why do we stand, church? Faith. Faith, faith, faith. Faith, faith. Prophesy faith over us. We need faith. We need faith in the church. We need faith in our pastors. But most of all, we need faith in the person of Jesus. We need to know where our help comes from. I'm speaking to some people tonight. You're not a person of no faith. Don't think that. I'm not saying that. And I'm also not saying if you need to improve in your faith, come, because that would be everyone. We all need to come. But I know there's some people here and there's specific things that you feel a blockage on. You're like, I've got faith for fight, but I don't have faith for healing. Or I've got faith for, it might be a strange thing, you don't have faith for your future. It's not that you don't trust God, but you're like, I just don't know what I'm gonna do with my life. God wants us to have faith. I believe, you know, and we, we read those verses, faith the size of a mustard seed. You could throw that mountain into the sea. Oh yeah. Oh. Now he's saying, hey, faith is an active agent. Faith is something that changes everything. When you, when you get a bad, bad report, do you have faith? Do you have family members that are sick right now? You might not even be saved. I don't care, I've got faith for you. Faith. There's gonna be an impartation of faith tonight. You are gonna start to look at things differently. Things that you've looked at and you're like, whoa. You're gonna look at and you're gonna go, get out in the name of Jesus. We're gonna sing a song, Brad. Let's start singing whatever you want. I'm easy. But if you, I, I, I feel weird saying this kind of stuff because I'm not the guy at all, but I, I, I do have faith. And I'd love to pray with you tonight. If you struggle with faith or if there's, maybe you're amazing at faith in a certain areas, but there's just this one area where the enemy's just prodded it and prodded it and prodded it and sent attack after stupid attack. And you want an impartation of faith to take that thing down. If that's you tonight, as we sing this song, I'd love you to come to the front and I'm not gonna stay and prophesy with you. I'm just gonna believe God for an impartation of faith in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's sing tonight. And if that's you, you want a touch of faith, an impartation of faith, I want you to come to the altar tonight. Come on.